Today, the Lord uh, allowed me to prepare this message, and it looks like Kara and I are the only ones on Zoom land, so I, you know, the interesting thing is I have seen Bruce preach to large crowds, and I've seen him preach to small crowds, and he does it just the same, so I am going to do my best today to do it just the same um, to my wife and to those who are over there in the Disciple Center, so... All right, the kids should be gone, so I'm going to... I will try to get you out before the seven-day Baptists are um, heading to lunch, so you guys can beat them there. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's hit record on cloud. There we go. All right. Well, like I said, I, I, I count this a blessing to be able to teach on this. And I struggled on what to name this, but um, I did come up with that name, Walk as Messiah, even in the hard times. But it could also be called uh, Biblical Groanings, How to Groan Biblically. So, And in this passage that we're going to look at today, I want to focus here um, on the very first two verses, because that really directs um, our focus when we are struggling, not just... Um, emotionally but also physically and so i have heard over the past few years this is something that i have been diving into within the scripture and not only that i've seen people um set the example for me throughout my life but in the past few years i have definitely seen people of faith struggle with their flesh and live out their um faith as an example, so I will talk about a few of those today as we go into it. All right, Romans eight eighteen and 19, they say, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. You see, in that passage, it, it straightforward says that we're looking, we're longing, we're anxious for what is to come. As I get older, I think about um, how, you know, Mr. Bill um, Yoakum used to tell me about the, the birds that would come out back and be by his house, and he had a bird feeder there, and um, he was anxiously waiting the coming of the Lord. Yet we all know that he passed and he went to go be with the Lord. And um, But now as I get older, I'm paying attention to those birds. And I, as I go for my walks, I'm like, those are beautiful birds that used to be around me and I just never paid attention to. So I'm getting to that age. I'm having a few aches and pains. And um, some of those these passages of Scripture are coming to life for me as a um, I, I feel those groan, groanings in my bones, in my body, as um, I get older. And I know it, it, it gets even more as time goes along. But first, I need to compare and contrast groanings and, and complaining. They, they can be very similar, but vastly different. According to the scripture, there, there's no complaining, right? Um, I'm going to give you some examples here in a minute. If you want to go ahead and turn over to Exodus 2, I'll be there in a little while. 
and we'll look at some groanings that are biblical. But complaining is a situation that one that may be able to change uh, somebody that wants to complain seems to be complaining a lot of times to get somebody on their side, to have them understand. And I have dealt with this in counseling. People just want you to understand. They want to complain, but a lot of times they don't want to change anything. And that's not biblical. You see, the Lord wants us to change for the better. He wants us to follow His ways, His footsteps, His examples. We'll look at Christ's example here in a little while. So complaining, I don't see that in the scripture. But groaning, I do. Um, yet, if you complain and you start to pray, some of that, if things just don't change. And I, I for example, was one. I, I've been in jobs where I complained. Kara can testify to this. I will complain about what I'm doing, and yet I need to stop, and I need to pray and give it to the Lord. And so I know through my own experience, God has used me in certain situations, and that complaining stopped. It may have become groaning to some extent because I was kept there, but God can still use us in certain situations. But we need to be aware of where God has us and not to complain. All right. <clears throat> Groaning. Groaning is a biblical text. Do not appear to be defined as complaints, but rather as a situation that can't be changed. Right? We're going to look at the Israelites in Egypt. They were slaves. They couldn't leave. So that situation wasn't going to be changed without the Lord and his hand in it. Or pain in the body that one cannot change on their own. Therefore, they are not in charge. Grumblings, groanings, we're not in charge of that. I've had my own pain. I've lost my eyesight before. I groaned because of the pain that was in my body. And nothing could have changed except on how the Lord actually brought back my sight took away the pain, and so that was groaning, according to the scripture, and we'll look at that a little bit closer. But let's go ahead and let's um, go into Exodus 2, 23 through 24, and it talks about the groaning of the Israelites when Egypt wouldn't let them out, and he he was putting more, um, more on them than could be handled in it. And so we look at this passage of scripture today, and it says in Exodus 2, 23 and 24, Now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died, and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage. What's a sigh? You hear it from your kids all the time when you're trying to tell them something. You may also sigh when you're really tired because they're wearing you out. Just trying to take that breath. So, again, Israel sighed because of the bondage that they were going through. They cried out. Their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. So God heard their, what? He heard their groanings. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was nothing that Israel could do 
to get out of that situation. And God heard their groanings. He heard their prayers to get them out. What a great example. We can take that. We can apply it to our own lives. Are we complaining or are we groaning because we can't get out of a situation? Think about that. I've been in supervisor positions. I've talked to many people that they just hate their situation, but they won't do anything about it and then I come along and we're talking about the situation and I tell them it's it's way life is way too short to stay where you're you're not enjoying life and I've been able to talk people out of a job and work with them to find another job stop complaining look to what God has for you if you're stuck there and you can't get out groan pray about it And then see what the Lord does for you. Because I know he will deliver you if you are stuck and you truly can't change. All right, so Exodus 2, 23, 24 shows us how uh, that setting is for a group of people. You also see how David individually groaned and he prayed and he fasted for his son of Bathsheba. Because the Lord said you had done wrong and he was groaning and he was praying. But that didn't change what would happen. You see Hannah, she was groaning. She couldn't have a child. And she's in the temple crying and the priest sees her. She wasn't complaining. She was groaning. She was asking God to change her situation. Again, she couldn't do it on her own. The Lord had to open her womb. So again, there's many, many others that I could name. I could keep going on and on, but we wouldn't beat that Seventh-day Baptist out to lunch today. So I'm going to move on from there. Let's look at Luke 22, 39 through 44. <clears throat> Here we see our Messiah, he's going to his Father in um, heaven, and he's going to him in prayer. Yet I say, I think about this, and there's some groaning going on there, because he asks him to change things. We just went through High Holy Week, where there was a Passover, where he went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. This is the setting for this passage here. And we see Jesus in the garden, praying. Let me point, I'll point out a few things as we read through this. So Luke 22, 39 through 44. And he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them, about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying. In agony, he knew what his body would go through, the torture that would happen, He's in pain. And nobody could change that. 
because of our sins. He had to go to the cross. But he prayed to the Lord. He prayed to his Father, If this cup can pass from me, may it be. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. There was nothing he could do to change it. But he knew who to go to to help him. And an angel came before him from what that passage says and helped strengthen him in that time of need. You see the grumbling that Jesus did. He wanted to, to leave him, but not whose will. The Father's will be done. So again, a great example. Because I know that there's people out there that are struggling with the flesh, that are hurting. And now I'm going to share with you now two people I've seen struggle in the past five years with the flesh. As the body decays and they struggled with cancer, they continued to praise God. They continued to honor the kingdom. They continued to give him glory and not dwell on their pain. Doyle Braden was one I watched. His body withered. He got smaller. He, he fought the good fight. And he came back the first time from cancer. And he was doing well. And his ability to show me an example today in life today was such a blessing. And I know he recently went to be with the Lord, and they're going to have his funeral in a few weeks. But even after his death, because of his continual posts on Facebook, they pop up every once in a while to people. And what he did as an example continues to show that his faith lived out yesterday is still as bright today, and even better as he's with the Lord. So Doyle was one. Another person that I have known for at least six or seven years now, because when I went to work in the educational field, she was a, a mentor to me in the, the job that I was blessed to have. And so she showed me the ways of the mental health field in education and what I was responsible for. And um, we kept decreasing, and as we decreased, um, she continued to glorify the Lord and say, whatever his will is, be done. Well, as we were decreasing, she got a, a diagnosis of bone cancer. And her name's Helen Macias. And I, I still today um, give her thanks. I just talked to her yesterday. And she said, yeah, Trevor, use my story. And if people want to call, they can. Um, but she actually continues to have bone cancer in a few months. It will be four years that she has struggled with it. And so she's rather young, but she continues to go to the doctors and she gives praise to the Lord. She gives updates every two or three months and she always gives God glory. Whether those cancer markers are down, um, her blood counts are up or vice versa. The cancer markers are up and the blood counts down. She gives him glory through it all. And I know she's in pain. But yet she continues to glorify the Lord as she 
walks through life. She does not avoid it. She will not deny him. And so this has given me another example of the groaning in the body, but yet continuing to walk in faith with the Lord. And I'm so thankful for Helen today and giving me that example. Um, So I just pray that I can continue to walk when my body starts to groan um, or any situation that I'm in. I can honestly say when I I left one job where I think I was complaining a lot more than I was groaning, but I, I got another job, and from there on out, even whenever things got tough, I continued to say, I'm working for the Lord, and no matter what, I may look for another job, but no matter what, I'm going to glorify Him and give Him thanks for today. And so um, these groanings, they can go on mentally, they can go on physically, no matter what, we should glorify God in today's situation. All right, moving back to Romans 8. I'm going to pick up in verse 20. Remember, 18 and 19 give us that eternal perspective and how we can get through our struggles, even physically, as we went through some of that um, those passages there. But in 20 through 25, it says, For the creation was subjected to futility, Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. The whole creation is groaning because it's no longer the Garden of Eden. It's looking, the creation, the mountains, the rocks, they're looking forward to the kingdom. If we don't praise him, they will. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in the hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we have hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. When our flesh starts to give way, our eagerness for the Lord to return or for us to be with him comes even closer we become even more eager to be with him. As I was reading the commentaries, it talks about, I'm going to go back to um, 23. It says, and not only, here we are, the adoption, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and redemptions of our body. The commentaries from the, the fathers talk about this verse and how our bodies and our minds, what we focus on, right? At the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. The groanings for the adoption of our earthly body to become spiritual and for us to be with Messiah, that's what that's talking about right there. The adoption of our heavenly bodies. I thought that was very interesting in that piece, in the passage that also refers our transformation 
Don't we all eagerly await that time? Praise God. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But yet, our earth is going to go through grumblings, groanings. Are we not in a time of groaning now where the the bad is good and the good is bad? Our earth is going through that. Our society is going through that. If you are called by God, then you should be groaning in that sense that, Lord, come quickly. Lord, get us through this. There's no way we're going to get through this time of tribulation without the Lord. He is our protector and our shield. You're going to see that in this next passage. All right. Let's go on to verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. For the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Again, we have the groanings. And he who searches the hearts knows that the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Thank God he gave us the Spirit, or else we wouldn't know right from wrong, right? We could study the scriptures and struggle with them, but our spirit sometimes also works within us, convincing us that we need him in that way, in that Ruach way, that Spirit way. All right, before I move on, this is, this is great. As I was reading through this passage, I thought to myself, some of these verses are taken out of context. This next one is taken out of context to benefit whoever is talking about it sometimes. Yet they need to know the whole passage. I know Bruce and I, um, when we were on a retreat one time, we're, we're talking about um, how people take verses, scripture, out of context. Just one verse. And what I think we came up with... Um, versatology, um, and said, you know, people that, here's here's a passage, here's a passage, here's a passage, just make you feel good, okay? But if you read the whole passage together, you'll know this is about grumbling. This is about our flesh giving way. So listen. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the first among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called, and these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own Son but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a change against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Just want to point out, in verse 29, which is used all the, all the time, or sorry, verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? That is one of those passages that is always taken out of context, right? If you read on, he didn't even save his own son for our our benefit. He let him die on the cross and raise him from the dead. Are you 
we have to know that we are going to be persecuted. We are going to struggle in the flesh. So did Jesus. And so we have that eternal perspective, that eternal hope. Just like Jesus was resurrected, we, our flesh, will be resurrected on that day as well. And so don't let that verse ever be taken out of context again. When I mention the scripture, just as Jesus did so long ago, when he would start a verse, people would think about those other passages. When you hear that passage and somebody is struggling with something in their life at that time, don't be quick to use this passage because this passage or this one scripture has a whole passage and it talks about struggling and life struggles and our trials. I just wanted to um, say that because that's one of my pet peeves, people using just one verse. All right, going back to it. Um, 33, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Will COVID? No. Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor heights nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nor my sickness, no governor, no president, Nobody can separate us from the Lord. And the one who chose us and raised up Jesus from the dead. He sent forth his son who grumbled. He gives us bodies that will grumble. He gives us situations where we may grumble. But he is in charge and we can give him glory through it all. That is my prayer. For each and every one of us to walk daily in the path and the journey of life that he has for us and light up his kingdom and glorify him through our words, through our behaviors, and through our actions. Just like David did, he got up after that situation and he, he thanked God and continued to praise him even though the situation didn't change for his son. He got up, he learned from it, and he moved forward. Listen, we can continue to be like those examples according to the scriptures, or we can go aside and complain, but I prefer that we, we don't do that. and we, we tell God, your will be done in my situation. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my body. And we bring him glory, whether we're in the hospital or we're visiting somebody in the hospital or we're in a horrible situation at work or no matter what it is, we turn to the Lord. 
and we walk as Messiah did, even in those hard times. Let's go to him in prayer. Father in heaven, we just thank you now.